0: Divorce 2019, this coverage of the Global Conversation on Change is brought to you by BrightRock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. Divorce 2019, this coverage of the Global Conversation on Change is brought to you by BrightRock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. I'm in Davos with Papa Malefe, former Northwest Premier. I remember those days, and then that's a long time ago now, it feels.
1: Yeah, it's a long time, Alex. It's uh, 15 years ago.
0: And then private sector, and and now you're back doing national service.
1: That's correct. Um, The country has been in trouble over the last nine years, Um, and the damage arising out of the problems... Uh, that started nine years ago, are more pronounced in this uh, current period.
0: What about you, and, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but your own province, the Northwest province, it seems to have been really difficult stuff there. Is, it, is, it, is there progress now? Is it coming right?
1: Well, again, uh, you know, the Northwest is similar to many institutions that have been damaged. Um, we have one of the architects of the South African uh, public service, if you like, Job Dr. and Professor Job Mokoro, uh, leading that province. We hope, I hope that they will give him enough time to turn the province around. Uh, it's very sad when you, you think of where we took that province from and how hard we worked to bold, integrated communities, inclusive society, and to build an integrated economy where everyone had the opportunity to participate, developing skills among the young people. And and of course, the Northwest was always in the top three performing provinces in the country for the 10 years that I was the premier there. And it is said that it had to be dragged uh, to this morass that it, of, of chaos that it is finding itself in.
0: Yeah. But you are serving on a national level now, and particularly first of all with the Passenger uh, Rail Association, and now more with Transnet as a whole. Just tell us your story. Why? Why did you decide to sign up for national service again, given the amount that you've you've already contributed?
1: Well, like I decided to sign up for the national service uh, because, uh, as you might record, I think 47 years of my life were dedicated to the struggle for freedom of my country as well as the transformation of our society once we had attained our uh, liberation in 1994. Uh, when therefore the country is in a state of crisis and all hands are required on the deck uh, being the kind of a service-oriented person and a patriot that I had become uh, I could not close my ears and my eyes uh, to the challenge and the call by the president of our country to all go back uh, to the frontiers uh, to rebuild the country we all have to do so and to of course uh, restore the values uh, that had over a period of time been eroded yet they are values and principles that had inspired us over the years and sustained the South African revolution and our determination to build what came to be known as a a Rainbow Nation under the leadership of Nelson Mandela and Archbishop Tutu.
0: You've taken a lot of flack though uh, for for doing the exposures that you have done, it hasn't been an easy ride.
1: It's true Alec, Uh, I I did not expect uh, to be cuddled, uh, to be kissed as a darling of those who were the beneficiaries of uh, corruption, I expected intensified pushback and intensified attack, which is exactly what has happened. Obviously, the intention was to defocus uh, me and those who were determined to confront uh, corruption, but I was determined that I would not be diverted from the, the course which was correct and was for the benefit of South Africans.
0: That's an interesting point, because you're getting, I wouldn't say a groundswell, but there are people who think that the Zondo Commission, for instance, is going to get diverted. People like you and the work that you're doing at Transnet is not going to be able to continue. How, How does one ensure that, or how does one ensure that the message gets through that this is for keeps, this is for real?
1: Well, I think to the contrary, the, the Zondo Commission has created a groundswell of support just by merely exposing the malfeasance, which in the past appeared like mere allegations and suspicions. Now, many South Africans know that state capture and corruption, the endemic of corruption Uh, is real so i think all of us realize that we were on the precipice of this uh, big mountain and are about to collapse the entire country and i don't think they would allow that to happen again so in many ways i think uh, the commission's work has created an all-round mobilization of uh, South Africans, of goodwill, and actually put uh, the beneficiaries of uh, the malfeasance that characterized the, ni- the last nine years on the run. They- but they've got no place to hide at the moment. So the Commission will not be derailed. Naturally, those who still belong to your Bell Pottinger-type networks the Gupta type networks which they had built uh, on the basis of um, of uh, the largesse they were dishing out will continue to fight back but they are fighting a losing battle.
0: Within Transnet itself, or within your portfolio if you like, you've had the Lucky Montana issue, you've had Siobong What? how deep was the corruption that you and you found when you arrived there
1: Look, if you take briefly Prasa, we had said that uh, the locomotives which which were procured from Spain were not fit for purpose they had departed from the design uh, which was set out in the RFP before the procurement the contract was given to a company with no track record of leasing or even manufacturing of locomotives here in South Africa, which was created as a front, fundamentally, for the Voslo, which was a Spanish company. Um, We've we've been to court. We have won the first leg. They appealed. We won the appeal. So, Prasa must simply now demand that it's 2.6 billion rand paid to the Spanish company and their black surrogates in South Africa should be paid back to Prasa so that the taxpayer uh, money could return so we have to do that and then they must take their locomotives back we've got a ruling of the court through mutual assistance between the South African law enforcement agencies and the justice system they've got to make sure that globally we pursue these people who have to pay back the money. Uh, So we have established the fact that uh, there was corruption and that corruption happened under the leadership of uh, uh, Bester Montana and the board of the time. He made a lot of time trying to reduce this to simply animosity between himself and Popo Malefe and I, I refused to be dragged into the personal clashes, uh, I remained focused. And it is the result of the work I did that bears testimony of what the real facts were. So that we are done with it. Gamma tried a similar tactic of, of Montana. It has not worked. He's out. But the corruption is deep. It's scary when you look at the billions which were diverted and the inflation of prices to create the cream for those who wanted part of the money to go into their pockets, being the companies of the Guptas. If you think of a company called China South Hong Kong, and then you had Tequestra, which every time when China South Rail paid money, Uh, uh, was paid money by Transnet it was required through China South Rail Hong Kong to then pass on 21% to Tequestra of course I'm aware that they've subsequently deregistered Tequestra because they were creating lots of companies to launder money around but uh, we've got to get there and uh, the law enforcement agencies will have to do their work, fortunately we also now have uh, an extradition treaty uh, with the United Arab Emirates, so it it should be possible therefore to demand that those uh, suspects identified who are hiding in those countries, uh, in the Emirates for example, be brought back uh, to answer
0: How important is it that they are seen, that the individuals who committed this crime against the citizens of South Africa, how important is it that they are seen to be brought to book, that they go to jail?
1: You know, Alec, if if South Africa is serious about confronting corruption and all types of malfeasance, the law enforcement agencies, the organs of state, must be seen to be resolute in bringing these individuals to book. They've got to do that. We are supplying evidence to all of them, the Hawks, the Special Investigating Unit, which was proclaimed by the President in April last year, and we are collaborating with them to get work done. Fundamentally for me, as the head of a corporate citizen called Transnet, It is important that I get the money that was paid to individuals and companies in a manner that is undue and reflects undue enrichment, uh, that that money gets back into the coffers of Transnet. We must be seen to be recovering some money. And, And as you would have noticed last week, we reported that we had already received back 618 million which had that's been, big numbers which had been it rolls off the tongue no. Good. it's a lot of money and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that uh, once we raised this matter with the China South Rail and uh, CRRC they immediately agreed to pay back the money they didn't even wait for the Bank of China which with whom the money was uh, to, to pay it back they said we will pay it back we're now waiting for them to pay The VAT, that was part of the money that they received because they received 700 million. We got only uh, 618 million, which is without the VAT. So we will continue to do so. We're dealing with the the overpayments when uh, to various OEMs when the prices escalated from 38.6 billion rand for the procurement of 1,064 locomotives to 54 billion RAI. So, together with them, and we, we have to examine how the prices went up there and to agree that to the extent that some of the money they did not deserve, they would have to pay back. But we also work on the basis that uh, we're going to have a long standing relationship with these OEMs particularly because they have already supplied locomotives we have accepted some of them but they are lagging behind by well over half or, or over 50% of what they should have supplied uh, already in 2017 so so we're now revising the business case and our revisions suggest that we actually did not need 1064 locomotives We need 953 locomotives over a period leading up to 2025. So it could have been from the beginning been arranged in packages of delivery instead of going for what became the biggest single order of locomotives in the entire world. So we are negotiating that Uh, because we've got to bear in mind that we have a drive to bring investments into our country and we've got to send a message to the to-be investors that when there are difficult problems, we would deal with those problems in a rational manner. Rational also because if you were to say, like we did at Prasa, take your locomotives back, give us our money, in this case, you would collapse Transnet. And the difference is that whereas at Praza, the locomotives were not fit for purpose, these ones are fit for purpose. And the company needs them. It has got to move goods, it has to provide services to various customers in the country who do exports and imports, therefore, keeping the economy uh, ticking. Uh, so it's important for us to do so, to be rational
0: Going back a little bit to the role of McKinsey it was exposed obviously what happened at Eskom but it's almost like their training ground was at Transnet is that on the agenda at some point to go and look into?
1: Well we're busy looking into it, Uh, McKinsey are one of the transactional advisors that we will be engaging in the negotiations Uh, Just before I came here, I met with uh, the head of uh, the lead partner responsible for risk. Um, So we we will continue to to engage them. We are engaged in Regiment. Regiment we have sent uh, summonses to them to pay back the money uh, that they got out of Transnet for work that was not done. On a broader scale. But but we're also asking the individual executives uh, through whose recklessness the company lost a lot of money to pay back that money. So we persuade them.
0: Well, that's that's always been a good strategy and certainly sends a message out to other executives. but, But
1: those who are remaining, they now know that they mess up they would have to pay in their personal capacities.
0: On a broader scale, though, we've got the the tuna bond scandal going on in Mozambique. Credit Suisse engineered the whole thing. We've got, in Malaysia, the 1MDB scandal, $6.5 billion, Goldman Sachs. What is it about multinationals that seem to have allowed this kind of behavior in the past, the behavior that's now being so investigated in state capture, why did they think they could get away with it in developing countries?
1: Alec, I'm not uh, I'm not an expert on those matters. But my sense is that the biggest mistake that these uh, multinational global banks uh, made is that in pursuant To increase the base of the 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 deposit deposits from customers, or or increasing the customer base, they seem to have allowed middlemen to come into play, and those middlemen purport to deliver customers, and it turns out that those customers acquired the monies that they give uh, in manners that are wrong. But it also suggests that these uh, multinationals do not have robust risk management mechanisms to detect these things before they happen.
0: Autotransnet itself, uh, you have inherited quite a mess there. What are we likely to see when the financial results come out as a, as a result of the investigations of, of the corruptions that's being uncovered?
1: Well, Alec, we expect that um, the irregular expenditure will increase. Uh, so, so it's not going to be better than the previous year. Uh, obviously, once we, like we have determined, that the 1064 procurement, 1064 locomotives procurement was irregular and therefore unlawful it has to go into the audit report but the good thing about it is that it's not like something uncovered which was hidden by either management or the board of transnet it is something that through the transparent approach of the board and management we are now exposing and we are owning up to it as a company so that is what the difference is unlike in the past where they were trying to cover up things. So I think Parliament, Scopa, uh, the TPE, Portfolio Committees, when they look at our reports, they will, they will look at it uh, in a manner that reflects that understanding that before you fix, before things can be good, they've got to be worse. Uh, the, the, there'll be the storm before come yeah so so we, we we expect that to be a problem we expect uh, these irregularities we have to convey that message to the south african public to business in south africa so that they, they have an understanding but also to say to them whereas in some instances in the past irregular expenditure included Fruit, fruitless and wasteful expenditure. In our context, it would be instances where procedures and processes were not followed, but value was derived out of the money spent. And I made example of the locomotives. They are fit for purpose. They have been delivered, tested and accepted. So, so Whilst it might have been irregular, it is not wasteful.
0: All change at Transnet at the moment. You've also got a new chief executive. Uh, how, uh, how's he settling into to the new role? And I ask this because Paul O'Sullivan, the ACE investigator, said in the past when he provided information to Transnet, it would get forgotten. He provided information in November and the board moved incredibly quickly to root out the, the the bad elements on what was a $4 billion potential fraud.
1: I like the difference between the current board of, of Transnet and the previous one is that the previous board was captured together with management by the Guptas. So they were part of this phenomenon of state capture and the agenda that advanced uh, personal material accumulation. Whereas our board... Is a board that is committed and is patriotic. It it wants good corporate governance, and it is working well with management of the company. That's why we can act quickly when any South Africans brings to our attention something that is not well inside Transnet. So, so we are happy. We're working very well with the acting group CEO. It's a man with a long record of service in Transnet, uh, having served in various capacities in Transnet, freight rail, as well as uh, national port authorities. So we're comfortable working with him. But we need to change the mindset of several managers and get them to get used to doing things differently now. Uh, They were kept there in the past as uh, people who merely had to carry out instructions of the big boss or a small group of people, quite often even instructed by people outside Transnet. This time we want them to be active participants in turning the the Transnet around. And, And we have challenged them to tell us what it is that they did to enable the capture of Transnet and what it is that they were going to do to help the board to fix Transnet. So we are in the process of allowing them individually to tell their story. And yeah, so so because that is going to help us to determine whether we have a team we can work with in those who are remaining or we simply have to go on a wholesale advertisement and get new people. The important thing, of course, with Transnet is that it has got a lot of well-trained people. Uh, we just need to, to move them away from the culture of apathy and, and also from the culture of craft, those who are there. Because some of them are very skilled people. The company needs them. If they are willing to turn a new leaf, uh, we can do wonders uh, to this business.
0: And they are clearly good people. And uh, just to close off with, if, if one goes back to the VBS report uh, and the scandal that went on there, someone at Transnet said no. With the money that was going to go into VBS, and, and, and it shows that, that clearly in every organization it's, it's usually just a few bad eggs.: Yeah.
1: No, that's good. We've got to send a message out there that we have picked up picked out, identified a couple of rotten apples, but uh, the majority of the apples are still good quality. They are edible where South Africans can still enjoy them um, in the service of improving our freight uh, and transport infrastructure and building relationships with our customers on a fundamentally new plane, including using Transnet as as an incubator or a crucible that builds emerging businesses and treating each one of them on the basis of equality uh, and acceptance purely on the excellence of their business ideas and proposals rather than trying to work only with those who are referred by some people in high political offices outside there, uh, instructing the top people in management. With this kind of Transnet we are building, no politician is going to come or party functionary come and instruct any one of us to carry out something that is not part of the developmental agenda of the country and the state or the mandate of Transnet as a state-owned company.
0: Davos 2019. This coverage of the Global Conversation on Change is brought to you by BrightRock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes.